0: was living a surrendered life in Christ. Both of our husbands had emotional and spiritual issues that caused our family's hardships. The two of us each had family members that did not understand what we were going through or our beliefs in Christ. And we both decided to wait on the salvation of the Lord to bring us through the challenging times with our husbands and be better wives in Christ. God mended our hearts together for that time. Rosie had two young sons and I had two young daughters. What a mix match. We could have been sisters, the only difference was our skin complexion. She was vanilla ice and I was cappuccino cream, but we loved each other as sisters in Christ. Whatever she needed, I had it. And whatever I needed, she had it. We prayed together, we cried together, we were angry together. We were the best of friends. She was my co-worker, my friend, and my sister in Christ. How I miss her. It is hard to come by friends like her, but God is faithful. He has blessed me and added more friends. My husband and I had a nice starter home that was comfortable for a family of four. At that time, my oldest daughter, Ashley, was two and a half years of age and my youngest daughter, Alicia, was soon to turn two. I was also pregnant with my third child, Zakiya, who was due to be born in June of 1989. As you continue to read, you will understand why this was an innocence invasion and the devil had to pay. For while driving home from work, Rosie and I noticed police cars at the end of my street. As we approached the front of my house, police officers were standing on my front lawn with my front door open. Rosie and I looked at each other with glassy eyes of shock. We were both wondering what was going on and what could have possibly happened. We hurriedly jumped out of the car and ran to my door. The police officers stopped us both and began asking questions. All of a sudden, one of the police officers grabbed me and moved me to the side and began questioning who I was. I was already hysterical because I did not know what was going on. Thoughts were racing through my mind. You are in front of my door, and you are asking who I am. Just then, I looked back to see the police officer escorting Rosie to her car as she shouted, call me please to let me know what's going on. As soon as I walked in, my daughters ran to me. I began hugging them and asking them if they were okay. Then I saw a young lady walking towards me with this look of disdain and her badge from social services. She said to me, ma'am, are you Ashley's mother? I answered, yes, I am. Can you tell me what's going on here? Ma'am, we've been waiting for your arrival. We must go now and take Ashley with us. I blurted out with a loud scream, what? You must go where and with whom? She is my daughter. In a very high pitched tone, I began saying, No one is taking anyone anywhere until somebody tells me what's going on. My husband was on the other side of the living room with the police officers. While I continued asking what was going on, the young lady with social services said to me, Mrs. Andrews, someone reported you to the child protection services and it is our job to follow up with any calls. For what? I yelled. I began to scream loudly and yell out with a hysterical cry. Are you saying that you are taking my daughter out of my home? Where are you taking her? What am I supposed to do? She said that that information was confidential, so she could not release it to me, and that the state would send me a letter within 48 hours with further instructions. I yelled, send me a letter. What the hell? You mean send me a letter. You're taking my child, and all you can tell me is that I will be sent a letter. The devil is a liar. Ever since this evil invasion, I began to proclaim this statement when I see the evil one at work. Oh my God, the emotions that went through my mind, my body, and my soul during that painful experience. At that moment, I felt like someone had stripped me naked and threw me outside into the cold. I begged the young woman to please allow me to prepare some things for my daughter. Ashley was so sweet, beautiful, and so innocent. Back then, I loved the Muppet movies and the characters were really big in those days. I had just bought Ashley and Alicia the Miss Piggy stuffed animal dolls. I had to compose myself, for my children were already scared as it was. Nobody knew what was going on. I packed her a little backpack, hugged her, gave her a little green Bible, and her Miss Piggy. I held her tight and told her, Mama will come for you, do not be afraid. I had to be brave for my baby, and I told her that this woman would take care of her for me. I did not know how to explain this to a two-year-old. Ashley began to cry, and then I began to cry. I was reaching and grabbing while holding her and kissing her. As they walked out the door, the police officer stood before me as though I was a criminal, and the tears fell more and more. I grabbed at my face with agony and turned around in circles, not knowing what to do. I was utterly helpless trying to understand what was happening, My God, help me, I thought to myself, for my stomach is turning within me, like butterflies fighting to be free. What can you do when your heart is torn in two? While praying, I pondered things like what I should do next and what I needed to do to make this right. I knew I was right with God, I gave my heart and soul to Him. Now I needed His mercy, I needed His grace to shine upon me. Lord, please help me, God, then I fell on my face. The police officer told me to take it easy. He gave me his card and told me to contact him in the morning. He told me he would see what information he could pull up for me. Still in agony and with tears streaming down my face, I thanked him and God for having touched the policeman's heart to give me his card. God is so good to me. Once they pulled off, my eyes followed the white car. And as it drove away from my front door, I began walking towards it as though I could follow her. My emotions were everywhere, watching, thinking, wondering all while my child was in the front seat looking out the window back at me. It was the most devastating thing that could have ever happened to me in my lifetime. I cried tremendously to the point that I began to get really weak. By that time, Rosie had called on the phone asking if she could come back over. To be honest, I cannot recall the exact words I managed to say to her, but I do know that I was very upset. I was upset with my husband, who had absolutely nothing to tell me about what the hell had just happened. (laughs) I began to hit him on his chest and shout, what just happened? Why were those people in my house? And why didn't they have a warrant? You let those people in my house. They did not have a warrant. They took my child. I kept repeating the same sentence over and over again. I was just so confused and a mess, hurt and disturbed. All I remember was weeping bitterly. I began thinking of what I could have possibly done to have my child taken away from me. I asked, God, what's going on? Why is this happening? Remember, at that time, I was a young Christian, a young mother, and a young wife. So yes, I asked the question why. Rosie arrived and tried her best to calm me down. She told me to lie down and rest. Chapter 4 Saturday Morning After all the confusion, I held on tight to Alicia, my other daughter, and finally managed to fall asleep. The next morning, I realized it was Saturday, and when I had called the police officer, I was told he would be in the office on Monday. With a shaking hand, I replied, Monday, but I need to know where my child is today. Where did they take her? At that moment, no one could give me any answers. I dropped the phone and began to weep again. All I could do was hold on to my Bible and Alicia and look up to heaven for an answer. My husband and I were going through our own personal problems and now this occurred. When I became filled with the Spirit, many people thought that I was crazy. I am sure many of us have experienced that separation from friends and family once we were saved. Jesus said, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the Gospels, the same shall save it. Matthew 8 35 Waking up, I felt numb and confused. I looked at the calendar and realized that Ashley's birthday was coming up the following week. I began to weep even more. I remember going to the store, and right there in the store, I cried out within my soul as loud as I could and fell to my knees in prayer as David did throughout the book of Psalms. I began to pray. God, I know you are real. You saved my soul and gave me peace from my pain and heartaches growing up as a young girl. God, please, if you hear me, Let me see my daughter. I want to hold her and smell her. Let me know that she is all right. Show me what's going on and what I have to do. Father, I need you so much. I'm hurting on the inside. I feel like my heart is about to burst wide open. My eyes have no more tears, Lord. Please help me, God. What must I do? Where must I go? Who can help me? Let me find favor in your sight towards me. Help me, Lord. Help me. While I was standing in one of the aisles of the store, I wiped my eyes and felt myself growing weak. I became so weak that I felt like everything in me was flowing out of me. Then I began praying in tongues. I needed to get back home. I truly did not know much about the Bible back then, but I clearly remember the prayer meeting with the elders that night. Once I arrived home, I put on the gospel channel and began listening to the radio. While praying and just holding the Bible in my arms, with my baby girl next to me and with my third child inside of me, the song I loved to hear was playing, pressed toward the mark. It is an upbeat choir song but powerful and encouraging. The Holy Spirit seemed to quiet me down, so I lay down on my bed. While holding Alicia close to me, I found myself staring at my Bible. I kept hearing, truth, love, honesty, three positive words that played over and over in my head. As I began to pay attention to the words in the song, I wondered, God, what is this? What are you telling me? I have never heard a softer and sweeter tone of music. The sound and the words compelled me to listen intently. I kept asking, what are these words I keep hearing? Then I heard a loud voice say, open the Bible. I said to myself, are these words in the Bible? Then I asked, where? God answered, in the book of Philippians. So I opened the Bible to find the book of Philippians and there it was. I remember just looking at the word for a while. I stared at it and began to cry again. I looked at the page number and began turning the pages. I remember looking at the word Philippians in sort of a shock. Maybe it was from all of the crying earlier or because I heard someone say, open the Bible. After the brief stupor, I began reading the book of Philippians until I came upon this verse. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things, Philippians 4, 8. As I read this passage of scripture, I felt that God was telling me to think further on these matters, whatsoever things are true, his word is true. I provide for my children a safe environment, Whatsoever things are pure, I am pure through the blood of Jesus. My children are pure in innocence. Whatsoever things are just, I am justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith, Romans 1:17. And for we walk by faith, not by sight, 2 Corinthians 5. I am not going to look at what happened. Rather, I choose to look at what God's word says. I found myself rehearsing those words from Philippians 4:8. I began walking back and forth throughout the house as I read those words out loud. Then I felt peace all over me. I finally drifted to sleep with Alicia in my Bible next to me that Saturday evening. Chapter 5. Answered Prayer. You woke up extremely tired the next morning, and I really was not in the mood to go to church. I was worried about what people might ask for we always were seen together as a family, and my little girl was not with us. I was heading back to my bed when I heard that voice say, go to church. I did not feel any strength inside me, for at the time, I did not realize or know that God had promised to take care of me. Go to church, said the voice shadowing over me. My flesh was weak, and I was weary with tears streaming down my face. Speaking to myself, I said, God, you said you would help me. I choose to let you, But then I began to argue with that voice, I don't feel like it. One more time I heard, go to church. My friends, no matter what, God hears our cry in our weakest hour. Meanwhile, I began to get dressed. I did not want to go, for I know how people are. I dreaded being asked questions, questions I would not have answers to. I began to feel the depression consume me. I really felt like I had my insides torn out, but I kept hearing the song from the night before the enemy attempted to maneuver me from going to church. If I would have given in to the enemy, an open door of oppression and distress would have taken over me. Be aware when you are faced with tests and trials. That is when the devil is at his most important strategy to attack you. He tries to take over your mind, body, and soul when you are going through hard times. Just look out. And watch, and pray, Matthew twenty-six forty-one, Mark fourteen thirty-eight. The enemy understands order, unity, oneness, faithfulness, obedience, and faith. If he did not, why does he always attack those areas in our lives that may hinder fellowship with God? The enemy knows that every time we receive an answer to our prayers, this increases our confidence in God and his word as believers. When we have faith in God, we will no longer have fear of the devil. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind second timothy 1 7 i finished getting dressed for church i started to think about my baby girl and i told my husband that i wanted to go all of a sudden a sense of urgency came upon me to get to church as we went on in and entered the church we went to the balcony i don't know why but we did we usually sit downstairs on the left front of the church But during the service, I was sitting there listening to the choir with my eyes closed and head hanging downward, thinking about my Ashley when I heard the voice say to me, look up and look out into the pews downstairs. I began to look, but I did not know what I was looking for. I was looking frantically. All of a sudden, I saw a little Miss Piggy stuffed animal popping up and down. I looked with my eyes stretched, shaking my head, and said, it can't be, it couldn't be. I looked again and there was my baby girl sitting in our normal pew at church oh my god i screamed in the middle of service i jumped up with my mouth covered the ushers thought i felt the spirit so they began to wave their fans over me but again i pointed and started moving rapidly to head towards my baby the usher escorted me downstairs praise the name of the lord i saw my baby god answered my prayers Not only did he answer my prayers, but he gave me favor with the person who had my daughter. At that moment, I wept intently and held my Ashley in my arms, for that day I was able to spend the entire day with my daughter. I held her, smelled her, and I just loved on her. After service, the foster mother remembered seeing me at church, and she stated that she usually did not come to the early morning service, but she felt an urge to bring the children to church. God is so faithful. Right then, I knew God was on my side. He heard my cry. All the weight seemed to drop off me. I took a breath. This breath was the breath of life from Christ within me. I felt like a boxer in the last rounds, and I shook my head and said, let's do this. My faith became stronger. My joy level boosted to an all-time high, though I was still not sure what caused my daughter to be taken away, so innocent but invaded by the enemy. At that time, I felt like the little children on Clifford, When he showed up, everything and everyone must back down and move away from me. My God was on a roll. I was happy, my daughter was well, and God had answered my prayers. The foster mother gave me her phone number to call her and get information about the case. Back in the late 1980s, when a child was taken out of the home, it usually took three to six months before the parents ever knew where their child was and when they could visit. But glory to God! I was able to see my child less than two days later.
1: Paul's chapter six, Alexa Paul's. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm sitting here in tears because just hearing the reading of my book, it is really encouraging me even now facing all the challenges that have came up. Excuse given that have came about during this pandemic, um, Being unemployed and challenging to maintain uh, my business. And it is powerful that the very thing that God has for you to share to others, to strengthen them. In return, you get an opportunity to be rejuvenated by your very own words. I pray y'all enjoyed that. And... For the first, this is August 1st, the eighth month of the year, new beginnings, a new reset, a new restoration, a new time. Matter of fact, every day is a new day for us. And I want to bless somebody. I would like to bless the first three people that will send me an email at boomfactortv at gmail.com. And send me your address, and I will mail you an autographed copy of my book, Innocent Invasion. What a powerful, powerful testimony. And soon and very soon, we're going to have Innocent Invasion Part 2. Oh, my gosh. You think this was powerful? We're going to speed it up. (laughs) 30 years later. (laughs) Okay? So I appreciate everyone that have taken the time out to listen to the reading of Innocent Invasion. Um, I'm Dania Irvin, the author of this magnificent book that have blessed so many individuals. I was able to get this uh, reprinted, I think, three times. Um, right now, I think I have about 50 books left and I may have to reorder some more, but um uh, do my different events. <laughs> wow. It just shows you how God is so magnificent and so powerful. But that's just the beginning. Um my daughter sh- shared with me, mom, you know Alexa can read your book. And I was like, Alexa ain't gonna be to read my book. And she said she called her and say Mentioned the Innocent Invasion, and she showed it, pulled it up, and started reading. So I said, you know what? Let me share this with the audience. Now, I'm going to continue on the next episode, but I also want to give you guys an opportunity, okay, to have your own personalized copy from Dr. D. I will, the first three people that send me an email, you have from here till to, um tomorrow at 12 o'clock. Um, to send me your address, okay. Your name and address now, if it's international, if it's from another country, please let me know, okay. And uh, and I will still ship it to you for free, okay. Um, just let me know what country, and it may take a little longer because if it's international, but whoever is listening to the sound of my voice, and if you would like an autographed copy of my book, matter of fact. I'm going to use the number of grace. I'm going to give five copies away, okay? So the first five people that request a copy of my book, Innocent Invasion, autographed copy, I will send you. Send it to you. I will send it to you, free shipping, okay, as a blessing to you, okay? And pray that this story will encourage your faith in the troubled times that we are in that this will let you know that, hey, God will provide. All right? So God bless you, and let's continue on to the next episode.
2: Uh, but I want to just put a map off of the the danger uh, of this eviction crisis the likelihood in a given state of being evicted of facing eviction and if you look at the really dark blue squares there it tells an interesting story the states with the highest likelihood of uh, renter households unable to pay rent and at risk of eviction as a share of housing for the same households are west virginia tennessee louisiana mississippi texas and florida this is not even good for republicans Most extraordinary, it's one of the reasons why I think President Trump's poll numbers are cratering and he's headed for uh, a stunning defeat in November, because the American people see that he has not provided any leadership in the context of this pandemic. He only cares about himself, even the people who he purports to be concerned about, as in those states that you just discussed. Uh, They are doing nothing. Can you imagine that they put forward a bill that would provide zero dollars in food assistance, zero dollars in rental assistance or protection for homeowners, and at the same time want to spend $2 billion for a new J. Edgar Hoover FBI building and tens of billions of dollars for F-35s. House Democrats want to feed America because America is going hungry right now. They want to buy more warplanes. That's the distinction. Between Democrats and Republicans in Washington right now, uh, it is kind of remarkable. People, yeah, and,
1: and they and they keep saying, "Hi, y'all! What's up? What's up? What's up?" I uh, I have some exciting um, news because uh, first I didn't realize that I know my my book, "Innocent Invasion," and all of the Marinette Publishing authors have e services, meaning that they are books. Is online, and they also can benefit from this awesome technology. Um, but my daughter reminded me, it's like, Mom, why are you not using Alexa? And it's like, uh, because I haven't programmed it. And she said, well, I thought I had a program. And she said, I bet you can read your story. And I was like, what story? And I, I'm like, oh, my book. And so she asked Alexa to find the book and read it and began. So I inserted that. On this broadcast, so you can um, hear it, and I'm telling you, um, just by me listening, the few chapters that I allow her to read, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So, um, in the midst of all of this, I had let you guys heard a little excerpt on what's going on. It's I'm seeing on the news where they're only allowing the Republican uh, representatives and Congressmen to speak on how the Democrats are holding is causing the American people to not uh, receive their benefits which is a totally lie total lie because as you just heard they want why first of all I know I'm just jumping but first of all why are you why are they even trying to implement more money to go into a building or wall planes at a time like this when you have People of the United States of America that are barely making it, thank God for the unemployment and and knowing that these landlords and banks, they don't want to hear the rest of it because the deadline is over with. And Monday morning, the judges already have the cases on his desk already because it's been pushed back month to month. Why are they doing this? Why can they not just put their whole political agendas on the side and really have a heart after the people? Because as I see it, you guys, they didn't lose a paycheck. Okay? They didn't lose a paycheck. Their children didn't lose a paycheck. Their grandchildren didn't lose a paycheck. They sitting up there Going back and forth, just sitting in meetings, making almost $175,000 a year for what? Okay, yeah, everybody earned their due. Yes, of course, everybody worked. You got hardworking people that have lost their jobs. Like I was listening to one of the artists and thinking about what he was saying as artists, our money comes out entertaining, being around people, going to the public. And I just thought about it. I said, oh my gosh, that's right, because I ministered in dancing in the summertime. I could not do that, okay? um, Having workshops for the business, could not do that because everything was limited because of the COVID. So that's extra money that people have to do. Second jobs, working at the restaurants or a club or a bar or a hotel. People have not one job, but they had two jobs. The American people, the working poor, as they call it, now you're gonna stop all resources, right? You're gonna stop all resources and go back and forth, back and forth, because you feel, oh, the, the Democrats don't wanna agree, so the, the, if the American people wanna blame, somebody, blame the Democrats. No, the Democrats are doing right. No, we are not gonna go along with this bill when you wanna add $57 million into A building, of FBI build? Don't you think FBI, the government got enough FBI buildings? What you need another building for? When you can pull that money back into the economy, to the people who needs it. Children that needs it. In the middle of a pandemic that you are, literally, you want the children to go back to school, but if you don't have no extra money, how they gonna get uniforms? How they gonna get the supplies if they're not working? Everybody's not just sitting home collecting. I mean, I don't know who, who what in their might they frame, you know, for this. I don't know it was uh, Moochie or whoever, whoever's the, the 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 representative with the finance talking about they not going to pay nobody to sit at home. How dare you? How dare you talk about the, the American people like that? Oh, they're making more money on unemployment than it was working. Well, hell yeah. If they're working minimum wage, and after they take all the taxes out of social security, just sucking our money dry off of off the uh, w- twos, somebody can be making six hundred dollars a week, but by the time the taxes come out, they only have three hundred dollars, and now you have to you have to sit here and divide three hundred dollars that's what two four six i mean three six nine twelve- twelve hundred dollars a month, and that's probably still. That's still probably um not even accurate. I'm just saying. Twelve hundred dollars a month from working on a on a on a probably a part-time job, they say full-time, but you really working part-time hours the way they cut the hours now on these jobs. I feel sorry for the people. Then you gotta go and feed children, and then they forget, hey. The children was home the beginning of the year and the rest of the summer. That's extra money. That's high electric bill. I've been there, done that. I know. It's not easy, y'all. I feel your heartbeat. I've been there, done that, and coming through it now. How dare them? And as you heard, they're so worried about a building and wall planes. For what? You need to take care of the people and y'all need to stop debating about this virus thing. You need to deal with that situation. If anything, everything needs to shut down again. Just stop the movement. <laughs> if you want to the, the flat the curve, stop the movement. Not create more movement. Not saying, okay, children, grade. we know the children. And, and they said, if y'all listen to the commentaries, you listen to them interviewing the teachers, that's literally on the front line. The younger children are the ones that spray the germs the most. Stop the movement. It's not going to hurt for us to sit down for another 14 days. But y'all know why? They greedy. And mark my words, and I felt this in the spirit because I woke up early with this on my mind this morning. And I was crying because I sit there and watch person after person they was interviewing. they packing their bags. they packing their boxes because they already know Monday, the eviction. If they didn't pass that bill yesterday, that Monday, they're going to be evicted automatically because it's been pushed back so long. And as they were showing, if y'all saw it, different states, they was not. Just because they was giving the $600, everybody didn't get the $600. You see what I'm saying? So you got to think about that, right? You got to think about trying to take care of your children. You got to try to, like my daughter, she just came and did an assessment on me. And she was like, Mom, you need to take care of your health now. You, you're going to have to go to the doctor sooner or later. And I told her, I was just straight out. I said, I really don't want to go in no hospitals. It's just too much going on. If I do go, I'm going to go suit it up. I show them." I'm be going up in there like I'm going through the apocalypse. But it's just amazing how people up in status, the hierarchies, how they so easily forget. How in the world that you can have a mindset of so much hatred? and See, they already know what it's going to affect. They already know what it's going to affect. And nobody's not gonna tell me they did this out of backlash because of all the protests going on. They're doing this to hurt the people. They're really doing this. Is what I felt. I I I felt in my spirit that this is what they was doing. Oh, y'all want to get out there and protest? Y'all black folks, y'all think y'all this, y'all think y'all that? Oh, y'all want to join up with them Latinos? Oh, they got some white Americans out there. Okay, so this is what we're going to do, Republicans. We're going we're gonna to make the Democrats look real, real bad, and we're going to pretend that we really full of people. But nah, this is what they're saying in their think corners, y'all. Okay, we know how to get them back. We're not going to pass the bill. Let's, let's add some other stuff on there because we know the Democrats ain't going to go for it. But this is what we're going to do, since they want to protest, since they want to tear down our, our statues, since they no, y'all, come on, that's what's happening. That's what's happening. And they feel they're going to try to punish the people by holding back money that don't even belong to you, and put people in a situation of homelessness, children out in the street, they can't even go into a shelter because of the COVID-19. This is how you look at the people. This is how you feel about the people, that you want people to vote for you to be in office. But in return, this is how you treating the people. Then they had one reporter on there. Yeah, I'm getting excited. I'm about to calm down, though. But they had one reporter on there. Me and my daughter were just talking about that the other day, how the, the people had a revolt. They went against the queen. You know why? Because she was so stuck in herself and materialistic and money and greed. my let them eat cake. And the reporter had the newspaper up. Showing where they had what the politicians are thinking about the people, let them just eat cake. So, what they really saying, y'all fend for yourself. But you know what? The underlining of all of this is I don't want to sound like I'm some conspiracy theory or some, some activist that's gone wrong, but I know what I felt in my spirit this morning. And I was weeping and I was weeping and crying for the people that that are going through this horrific tyranny of not having income. Cause I've been there, done that. And I thank God that he has given me the peace and the restitution that I deserve. And the little small referrals that's coming to me through my business to help me sustain. Cause I know how it is to be homeless. I know how it is to have children without having a place to stay. I know how it is that you got to sit at the bus stop with your children with a blanket and don't know where you're going to lay your hand, your head or anything. After you done lost everything. By the hand of somebody else that did trickery. And see, that's what they're doing up there in the, in, in the White House. Trickery is going on. And But you know what the law revealed to me? And I know I'm a prophet. But the very ones that's sitting there trying to play Russian roulette with y'all lives and my life and the people of this country life. They're going to lose their life. You're going to see a lot of politicians dropping dead. Because guess what? God is still on the throne. He sees everything, y'all. So y'all just got to hold on. You got to come close to God. You got to come and draw near to him because he's a loving God, but he's also a righteous God. And if you just hold on and trust in God, I'm telling you, I heard the reading of this chapter in my book, Innocent Invasion, and how God supernatural answered prayers on my behalf as a young Christian and even through my life. That was my anchor. That revelation, that encounter with God almost 35 years ago, have me to where I'm at now. And yeah, it's still a battle. It's still a back and forth. But I'm still I'm 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 holding on, I'm holding on like never before. If it's due at eleven, if it's due at eleven fifty nine, God gonna show up at eleven fifty eight. But he gonna show up, and I'm telling you guys, mark this day, August first, two thousand and twenty. Heard it first on the Boom Factor, and I'm not speaking nothing on nobody, but I'm telling you what I felt in the spirit. And how God calmed my spirit because I was upset and grieving and praying and interceding for so many that's hurting and broken and mental anguish. Not only because of this pandemic, but how it just crushed their lives. Many people just opened up new businesses and just knew 2020 was going to be the year. And look how it turned out. But we have to trust God. But yeah, they up there. He, he, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, God knows the reign of the heart. He knows the true heart. He knows the true motive behind every situation on the Republic or the Democratic side. It don't matter. In the midst of all of it, guess what? God is the author and the finisher of all of our faith. He, the earth is the Lord in the fullness thereof, and all them that dwell in. The Republican belongs to the Lord. The Democrat belongs to the Lord. The president belongs to the Lord. And guess what? You belong to the Lord. And by nothing, by nothing, he said in his word. Nothing by any means shall harm thee. He said, I will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He said, he will send the angels to prepare the way to go before you. His word. It's true. He will revive you. He will restore you. He will redeem you. But we have to trust in him. You got to trust in the Lord God. God, he's the almighty. And no matter what they saying on that TV, each and every one of them that have that evilness in their heart and that greed and that trickery in their heart. God said, you're going to see, you're going to see the evil fall right before your eyes. They're going to start dropping dead. They're going to start rushing to the hospital. They're going to start having complications. Oh, oh, you want to mock people in this time of this pandemic? They're going to start getting COVID. Come on, y'all. God rules and he reigns and guess what? He don't play no games. Come on, Holy Ghost. God rules and he reigns and he don't play no games. He loves his children with the apple in his eye. And if you don't know you the apple his eye, you better get close to him so you can experience that type of love and that caring. Because I can tell you right now, no matter what the devil try to do to me, try to take Dr. D out. Guess what? God. Hey, he shows up for me. He redeems me, baby. Yes, he does. And what may not look good in somebody else's eyes. Guess what? God wink his other one and say, you my prize. Come on. It don't matter how you stumble and fall, the hand of mercy going to lift you up high, high, so you can see all. Oh. oh, my little plant. Is it dying? No. The little leaf came off. Yeah, I'm trying to maintain my, my plants, y'all. I got me some plants, some life. But, yeah, I just want to encourage you guys. You know, so I pray y'all enjoy, y'all enjoy the episode that's coming on the reading of the innocent invasion, innocent invasion part two will be coming out soon. And, uh, I'm just, matter of fact, I need to type all my titles of my books and put them up so I can, I can, uh, reassure myself. <laughs> okay. And anybody that's out on the East coast, y'all, y'all be careful. Y'all stay safe. All right. Um, the hurricane is out there. Buckle down. And I pray that you're able to maintain through the stone. Those that are in the south. Come on. We we gonna be alright. Okay? You're gonna be alright. Those that's in the west, hey, you wanna claim the best? Guess what? You gotta buckle down and let's all just that's all mass up. Okay. Um wash your hands. Look, my daughter came. And and I have all my stuff by the door. Even when I go out and come in, I take my shoes off, I spray my shoes, okay? I take my shoes off. I hurry up and take the clothes off that I've been out about. I wash my hands, I do the temperature check, and guess what? We all good. Okay? The blood of Yahshua is over you from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. You got Psalm 91 covering you, okay? No weapon formed against you will prosper. It's going to form. We see it's forming. But you got to trust God, y'all. This this is time to buckle down. No playing, no games, no shady, shady. God knows your heart. And if you have any needs, you got to trust him, daddy. If you have any needs, trust him, daddy. Okay? I'm believing God, and I pray he honor me. Uh, when I submit this, and I, and I say, Father, if they award me this, praise the Lord, I want to bless some other businesses. I want to bless some other businesses. All right? Okay? So I love y'all. Let me go. Be blessed and stay true. Okay?